0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Monday, December 19th, 2022, joined by my co-host, Christina Dennis. How are you doing, Christina?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Damon Frank?
0: I am doing fabulous. Uh, It is right before Christmas. We are careening into it. Yes. And this is a very sober time for people. Let me tell you, a lot of people out there struggling, Christina. A lot of people Mm -hmm. not struggling. They've done the deal. They've done the work and they're having fun this holiday season. So I'm so glad to be joined with you today because, you know, I love Mondays because we always chat about kind of like what's on our mind and what's going on in our sobriety We pick kind of a light topic, but we have fun, which is what it's all about.
1: It is. It is. And it's important. You know, uh, before getting sober, I didn't even know people could have fun in recovery. And I think it's really important to, you know, we don't do such a good PR job about what recovery is all about. And that was a big secret to me. So I love that we do this on Mondays and we let people know you you still live, you still have a wonderful life. It's still there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? And we we
0: wanted to talk about our experience with going through mm-hmm. a lot of Christmases sober, right? And yes. if anybody's listening and this is your first uh, holiday season sober, uh, God bless you. We're thinking about you. It's going to work yes. out. Hold tight. Do the work. Hold tight. It's going to be fine. Uh, but it can be a really, really stressful time. And I know on the Recovered Life Network, we talk a lot about what's going on. You know, our recovery coaches are, are always talking about this in our meet in our daily meetings and stuff about, you know, putting your sobriety first. And we want to do a whole episode about why you want to put your sobriety first in Christmas second. And yes. I know that might sound, you know, kind of a no brainer for some people, but other people might go, well, wait, no, I got to put, there's so much going on in my life. I have to put the holidays first and not my recovery first
1: let me just get through this. That's always a dangerous statement. Let me just get through this and I'll be back. I'll be back in my meetings or, you know, I I have to, it's Christmas Eve. I can't miss this. And I, I am, you know, uh, I I was raised up in you go to your meeting, your support group. Of course, we have the wonderful group coaching meetings on Recovered Life, uh, no matter what. And I'm really, really glad that that was the way that it was inferred to me. And I was kind of taught that from the beginning, because if you don't go to them, you're not really, I mean, I'll speak for me. If, when I didn't go to them, you know, I've been sober 25 years. So there were times I made contrary decisions when I didn't, it was not, it was not good. It wasn't good for the people that insisted I'd be there. It wasn't good for me. It is a it is a very uh, anxiety, anxious time for our entire world. And if you're a sensitive being like me, that doesn't go away. And sometimes that's even more amplified during these this time of year.
0: You know what's tough? I think for me, and I got to tell you, I got swept up in things. This weekend, last weekend, right? Like mm, I really got mm-hmm. swept up in things because look, my to-do list gets very big. Um, right. I have anxiety about okay, did I get everybody a gift? Oh, there's people in my family, Christina, that I want to give a gift to, but they're so difficult. There's like, you know, like pulling out what they want. And you know, you have all that right. anxiety. Like we're having people over. I was just sharing, I feel like I'm in traction just from cleaning up you know, the house (laughs) uh, over the weekend. And it's like, it's so easy. You know, I've had this thing since I've been sober is that, you know, almost every day I have, I take time out in the morning and I thank God for yesterday, clean and sober. And I ask God for another day, clean and sober. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so easy just to say, Oh, I wake up. I think, okay, I got to do that wait, I need a cup of coffee. And then the texts start coming, the emails, the, oh, I start freaking, I got to do this, I got to do that. And what I've done really, really kind of subconsciously at first is to put my sobriety second. I'm really telling myself, hey, you know what, all these things come before, and then I'll take some time out to touch base and make sure that I'm cool and I'm on the path. The day, and I've noticed this
1: totally. And, And you know, we get all these things back, uh, you know, we get families back, we get the ability to show up. Um, some of us may feel like we have to make up for the years that we weren't able to be there or didn't show up, and it's very easy to get swept away in it. You're, I mean. I love, uh, you know, the the joy that people have. I'm also very, very cognizant of that. This is sometimes very painful for people this time of year. And I get it. You know, people are visiting so-and-so, Aunt Carol's being there. You know, Uncle John's going to be there. You need to be there. Oh, we want you from the beginning until the end. And it can be really uh, tough to say, no, I, I got to go get on my meeting. But I, I'll tell you, it is... I absolutely have to go no matter what, no matter how busy it is. I have to put that ahead of, you know, uh, showing up at a family event. And like you said, taking that 15, 20 minutes out in the morning to focus on our recovery is essential for us to actually show up.
0: Absolutely. You know what? It's interesting is that being sober for, you know, several decades, you start Mm -hmm. to see patterns in in going on and, Mm -hmm. I, I always, I, my biggest problem when I first got sober, I will tell you was when somebody told me that, that I had to put recovery first, that I Mm -hmm. had to put the job second, I had to put everything second, that I had to make sure that one, I was physically sober, but two, I was, you know, I was tapped in to, Mm -hmm. you know, what I call a higher power that I was, I was, I was awake and aware and alive and that I was aware of what was Mm -hmm. going on. Right. Because so many times, look, if you come from alcoholism, you spent a lot of time unaware of what was going on, right? Like you're just swept up in it. And I fought this because Christina, I'm like, look, I'm a busy guy really seriously. I'm going to have to do this every day of my life. And the answer is yes, I did have to do it every day, but I do have to do it every day of my life. It's not a struggle like I thought it was going to be most of the time. But I, you know, what I've noticed is though, is that, if I can put sobriety first and make sure that my needs are taken care of in that specific area, I seem to have time to get everything else done.
1: Yes. Yes, of course you do. I know it's a a game we play with ourselves, you know, but if you had to get medical treatment that day, and it meant that you could actually enjoy the next day, you would make time for it. And that's what this is for me. That is what it is. And, and I'm married to somebody who attends, you know, recovery meetings and reaches out to people. And we both know that uh, our marriage will be better. People around me know that that's just what I have to do. And it's not about, you know, I know like in the beginning, it used to be kind of a concern about whether I would relapse. I don't want to be a jerk. (laughs) I don't want to be stressed out. I want to remember and have gratitude about the gift that was given to me of recovery. And so everybody has a better time if I show up, uh, you know, at my home group this coming Wednesday, you know. I know that there may be people who say, you know, you've been doing this this long, you don't need to do it anymore. Not true. Not true.
0: Yeah, it's it is not true, and and I think the thing is, what I the other side of the coin, what I've noticed is that when I do not take time to do this, mm-hmm. everything is a struggle, and I have a hard time getting things done. I have a hard time executing right. And just taking that little bit of time out. I always, I always, you know, in coaching, I always call this kind of my Wi-Fi connection. I need mm-hmm. my recovery Wi-Fi connection. I need to every day make sure that I'm on the network love it. and that I'm yeah. connected, right? I am. And I also take time in the middle of the day to make sure I'm connected as well. And then at the end of the day, I do that as well because- you know, especially, I think, like you, I, like every day do I wake up and go, oh, today's the day I might relapse. I, I don't say that. I, I don't live in fear that I'm going to relapse. I used to. I used to live in fear that mm-hmm. I was going to relapse. I don't anymore. I've kind of let go of that because I know if I do the work and I ask for another day of recovery, another day of sobriety, I will get that. That has been my yes. experience. If I just do the work and do what's in front of me, everything is going to work out okay. But It's hard because it really does seem just like alcohol seemed like, well, it can't be the alcohol that's ruining my life when it definitely was. Right. It Uh definitely seems it's like, how in the hell am I going to take out some time to do some meditation? Don't you know my life? Don't you know what's actually going on day to day with me?
1: Yeah, well, and I'm, I gotta say this, just this is gonna sound like walking through this, you know, snow five miles to the school story. But when you and I got sober, you carried around daily readers, you know? you carried yes. your literature with you. And now, you know, through like, even through recovered life, you have access to all kinds of things that will help you tap in and stay in touch. And that has to be a, a habit. We've done a lot of shows about habits and things like that. But this week is, you know, it is even more important to show up and connect.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know what? And I noticed because one of the benefits of being in Recovered Life is that we've got meetings going on all the time. And, right. you know, if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. We've got meetings. I don't know how many meetings we had, 10, 15 meetings last week. And there's a lot of meetings going on and I've noticed the attendance is down as you start to get towards the holiday. And, you know, and I've had friends tell me, it's like, Oh, you know, like I had a buddy that didn't make it to old school that typically does make it to my old school meeting on Thursday. and was like, just, I'm just overwhelmed with stuff. Like I've just, there's so much stuff going on. I just can't take the time to actually do this at this time. And um, you've got to, you know, I, I have to make it a priority to be able to do that because if mm-hmm. I don't, I just get swept up in it. I've even had to take times in early recovering holidays. And even in the last five years, I will tell you just to step out of the holiday gathering, Christina hit a pause, check in mm-hmm. with myself, make sure that's cool. Everything's cool. And then go back into the party just taking totally. a couple minutes to myself
1: it is it is so true you know this thursday will be uh i'll be hosting my setting healthy boundaries group coaching meeting. And that's where that's the one you need to be in before you go into the family holiday. That's where you need to be. You need to be thinking about that stuff before you have to show up. And our families, you know, they they installed our buttons so they know exactly which buttons to push. And we're carrying in all of our stuff into that place. And so really go be with your people first.
0: Oh, man, I, I'm I'm going to tell you a story, Christina, that I remember an early recovery. I was living in San Francisco and uh, I my my family lives in northern California. So I went to northern California uh, from, you know, a, a, to a, it was a couple hour drive, went to mm-hmm. a holiday party and I was already on edge because this is one of my first, you know, mm. sober holidays where I had it. I, so I was already because at that time, there were people in my family who drank, you know, and I was mm-hmm. still a little uneasy about what it was going to be like to go through a holiday party, which is always fun at my house, but mm-hmm. sober when I was when everybody else is drinking. And I didn't also want to be the guy, right, that... um that was like the bummer. I didn't want to tell people who don't have an alcohol problem that they need to not drink in front of me. Right. Like I don't want to, I've never really wanted to be that guy. Right. I'm the one that has the issue. I'm the one that has to deal with it. But I took some, I took some friends to go, which was unusual in the thing it was so stressful i was so stressed out <laughs> and i remember the whole time i remember that was the first time where i had heard a tip like hey just go to just excuse yourself say you have to go to the bathroom and there was a lot of drinking around and my friend was sober like what two of the people that I brought were good. sober and which was good right but i had to step out and i remember going to the bathroom and just kind of checking in with god i was like okay i just need to get through The rest of this holiday, right? The rest of tonight, then you know, it's three more hours of this. I have to get through this sober, and I'd like to also enjoy it. It wasn't that I was having a bad time, it was that it was pushing all of my addiction buttons, right? Yes, they were being pushed because it was in a place that I had drank before. It was like, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's so. Uh, It can be so stressful, but I learned that important lesson during that period of time uh, to just, okay, I have to step away for a second. I have to put it. No, one's going to die. I have to put a pause on it. And then I've got to, I've got to check in and then I've got to go. Then I can go back
1: totally totally talking about like be not being the guy who wants other people to feel comfortable drinking around you i remember very distinctly my first year i was so self-conscious about whether people would want to drink around me that i kept telling everyone that i was with go ahead and have a drink it doesn't yeah it won't bother me don't worry about it and they looked at me and they finally said we don't want to drink. And I couldn't believe that. Like my perspective was so that every, I mean, I still had such an alcoholic perspective that, you know, they were suffering because they weren't drinking and they were letting me know that they don't really care that much about drinking and they don't Uh. like to drink that much. And really the only time that they did is when they were with me, who was insisting that they drink. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's it's so funny
0: you say that because it is our, I always say this, our relationship with alcohol is warped. My relationship Mm -hmm. with alcohol now, even though I'm 29 years sober is where I don't look at alcohol the same way as other people look at it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had this experience of pouring somebody a glass of wine in Mm -hmm. recovery. You know, I've Mm -hmm. had house guests and I, you know, I I admit like I am married to somebody who is not an alcoholic. She could Mm -hmm. drink and it's absolutely fine. She could, she'll, you know, the only thing that bu- bugs me about it, they'll leave like a half a glass of wine.
1: Yeah, it's true. It just baffles
0: me. It, it really, <laughs> honestly, finally, because I remember Mike, my, my family saying, hey, you know, like, you know, setting up those ground rules, which is a whole other show of like mm-hmm. what you can accept in, you know, in roommates, significant others, or whatever. I remember saying, you know, it really doesn't bug me that people drink around me, but leaving a half a glass of wine will, it, it, I hate it. I, I just, I, it bumps the <laughs> shit out of me. Like, even yep. today, I'm like, are you gonna, are you gonna drink that? Are you gonna jump right? But it was funny. I remember pouring a glass of wine for somebody, and they're like, whoa, dude, like, that's it's like a, a half pour. a bottle of wine. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, and I, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, oh, is that too much? And they're like, too much? <laughs> and it's like a half. It's like, I can't even carry this. I'm gonna need a straw or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so baffled by it. I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. and I remember telling this person, I said, so what is an appropriate amount that somebody would drink? Right. That was that a they party didn't... where they're like, no, like you pour it to like, just like this much and you don't go over. It. And I was like, I was, I, I was a little embarrassed, honestly, because it really showed my tr- I was like, I, I told the person, I said, I'm sorry, you're talking to the wrong guy. Like, I don't yeah. freaking understand why, if you have mm-hmm. a bottle of wine, you're only going to, you're not going to
1: want half of it. To yourself right. like
0: come
1: on i'm buying <laughs> like more. what's your yeah what's the deal here? <laughs> it is completely true yes they told me that and you know slamming your drinks and all of that i totally feel that there's an itch about it that has not gone away that if i'm doing the dishes and pouring out wine i just think this is abusive
0: <laughs> a little oh warped. i was at a party the other day somebody left half of a beer Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Finally, I was just like, okay, like you got to dump this or you got to do something, right? Like, it's so weird that like my perspective, like, look, my awareness about being an alcoholic has changed drastically in three decades. Like I get that I'm an alcoholic. I get that I don't have a relationship with alcohol that's normal, but my relationship, Mm -hmm. how I look at alcohol is not normal still it will never be normal. Like I accept mm-hmm. that. I don't beat myself up for it. Like I don't yes. understand if if there's free alcohol why people aren't drinking. Why are you right. not drinking right. to excess, right? Like it's baffling to me. It really is baffling to me. I get it intellectually, but down in my core I'm like what a shame. What a missed yeah. opportunity. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh, the truth is coming out. Well, you know, what one one thing that we want to remind everybody is, you know, if if you are going to an event where there will be drinking, make sure that you have your plan and your intention on who you're going to talk to. What kind of drink are you going to bring yourself? All of that. (laughs) We got to make sure we give them something. You know, it really
0: is like when you look back at your recovery, you're like, "Ooh, I dodged a bullet there. I dodged a bullet mm-hmm. there. I remember one time um, uh, I had gone to an event and uh, it was like a restaurant type event. And I knew the people mm-hmm. that were there and everything and their bartender called in sick. And I was a bartender. Sure. So I kind of got elected to bartend. Right. And it was very wow. uneasy for people. And I actually really enjoyed bartending. I, I I did. There was a lot about it I enjoyed. I had to mm-hmm. give it up because it's something that I couldn't do. And it was interesting because right. when they asked me to do it, I said, you know, and I was in a good place with my recovery. And I remember telling them, I'm like, look, I'm an alcoholic. I can't drink. And they're like, yeah, we know mm-hmm. we don't want you to drink. That's why we're wondering <laughs> if we should even ask you to do this. Right. And I just said, you know what, I, I have no problem doing this because I don't feel that it's a threat, but if I do feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable, I'm going to walk away and you're going to take it and you can't make a big deal. Right. And I remember doing it, helping them out. And it was fun. Cause I was talking. And one of the things I loved about bartending was that I could talk to people. Right. right. And be of service and stuff like that. So I actually had a really good time, but I remember towards the end, I was smelling certain things. Like there's that, that a uh, bar mat rot. I don't know if mm-hmm. you like, remember that. And I was like, that kind of keyed me off a little bit. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like I've had enough of this. This is good. Like more than this, like I helped them out. I don't really need to do this
1: because there's
0: now somebody else that could do it, but that's just a perfect example. You could do whatever you want in recovery, as long as you're, you're honest with yourself and you touch base with yourself. Right. And there's been situations, honestly, where people have just asked me, Hey, could you hand out drinks? And Mm -hmm. I've been in a space where I've just, just for whatever reason, felt uneasy. Christina, right. Not that I necessarily wanted to drink. I just didn't feel on the beam that day. Everybody mm-hmm. has, days. and mm-hmm. I, and I've said, no, I've said, no, yeah. I'll, I'll do the chips and dip. I'll do whatever, but have Bob or Sue do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that.
1: No, no, that's so good. That's really good. And I think that you get to that awareness by doing what we're talking about in this episode, by by putting the sobriety first, period. That's the that's the thing that you don't want to lose. Um you know, we do know people relapse during this time. We hope that you don't welcome back obviously. We want you back as soon as possible, but Damon and I are both proof that you can get through, you know, the that merriest time of the year without drinking or losing your sobriety. And you do not have to do it alone. It's a lonely time for some people. And so I want to make sure that that I say to everyone, there will be people there. There are people in the recovery community where you can connect. And that's what we want you to do. Uh, Stay ahead of it. Plan your weeks, plan this week to see who you're going to connect with. Know who you're going to talk to. On Christmas Day, uh, when I I have this little tri- trick that when I'm feeling kind of rough about something because I've shared very openly, sometimes the holidays can be harder for me. I will take that time to reach out to people and really send a beautiful text now, it used to be a phone call, a beautiful text about the gifts that they've given me for the year. And mm-hmm. by the time I'm finished with, let's say, three or four, I'm already out of that space. So that's that's also a way of being of service, which, of course, is part of our sobriety and our recovery.
0: You know, and it's not really about drinking or drug use. It's not really Mm -hmm. about that really at the end of the day, because look, one of the things I've learned in being in recovery and coaching and, and, you know, having friends like you and having great Mm -hmm. discussions with all the recovered life coaches who have so much knowledge is that the relapse with people doesn't happen spontaneously like that, especially after you have time. It's not like all of a sudden you go, it's what happens is, is the acting out. Yeah. that that's what I find or the internal dialogue. You might not, you might act totally normal on the outside, but the internal dialogue starts to turn against you. Mm-hmm. And it, and you know, alcoholism is one of those things, Christina, that I feel like I, a, a buddy of mine, Don says, you know, they always say cunning, baffling and powerful, but he throws mm-hmm. in patient. It's patient. It, it waits. I don't look at recovery as a thing. That's trying to get me anymore. Like I don't look at it, but it is true. The fact that it's patient, that it will wait for that opening. And then that voice said, you know what would solve all this? A drink. And you know, and right. the thing is, the problem with that is, is that it's, it's that voice is such a propagandist because it's true. The mm-hmm. immediate thing will be solved by the drink. The pain right? will stop for a couple of, it's true, it will. Like when people mm-hmm. say, well, drinking's not gonna help anything. Uh, no, then you're not an alcoholic. Yes, it does. It helps a yes. lot of things immediately. <laughs> Right, it the does. problem is, it does. is that if you're an alcoholic, it keys off a whole other stuff that makes it just worse, right? So the 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 acting out or the internal dialogue, or the not okay with the here and now, what I like to refer to right. it, is what mm-hmm. I think all of us are trying to. And what I find, what I found in my own self is that when I ignored that and I didn't do the sobriety first, Christmas second, what happened yes. was is that it got me closer to a place where I could relapse potentially. And I've seen this with people 28 years gone out, 30 years gone out, Mm -hmm. 50 years gone out because there were so many of this, this inner turmoil and then acting out the life got so bad. The quality of life got so bad that really the only solution is to drink, right? Like that's the solution that becomes the most, uh, the most uh, reasonable Right. right? And it's an unconscious thing. So it's like by putting sobriety first, what I'm doing is I'm putting a little bit more on that brake pad so that if I do get into a situation that I feel like that, I can stop it long before that actual threat happens.
1: Well, that's such good, that's such good advice or good, you know, information, because yes, relapse does not happen within the moment. It happens a week before, two weeks before. And, you know, if you're find yourself in that place right now, you know, uh, get in contact with somebody and start telling them the truth, you know, telling them I'm not so good. Uh, I would rather have a friend tell me they're not so good. And, you know, us take the time that's necessary to connect, then find out that, you know, they did the obligatory. I'm great. Everything's great. And and then they went out that weekend. So we want absolutely, to be safe.
0: you know, and look, if anybody's listening to this, it's newly sober. You have two people here that have multiple decades of sobriety. And we're not just saying that because, oh, look at us. We have all right. Like it was hard fought. I mean, mm-hmm. both, both Christina and I. Have stories that we had to work on it over years, but I will tell you the one thing that I have learned, and I would say, is that if you put your sobriety first, your Christmas is going to be better. And I like what yes. you said just about checking in, and um, you know, I would invite everybody that we have so many free meetings going on in Recovered Life, and we'll probably put even more this Christmas week here. So definitely check in, go to Recovered Life, check in. We've got a great meeting called Recovery Check In, where that's all people do is check in 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 those that's meetings. Right.
1: That is right. Such good stuff.
0: Christina, Christina, happy Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you. You uh, too. We're
0: going to have a great... uh, Guys, this has been such an amazing 2022, and I can't wait for 2023. Go out, check, connect with both Christina and I and the community on Recovered Life. Guys, we're offering a month for free for CORE. You can go to all of those really cool meetings, all those really niche meetings, like the food meeting and... We've got meditation, all kinds of stuff. So check us out at recoveredlife.us. Merry Christmas to everybody.
1: Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.